Hello, my name is John Brink and we are on the brink from Prince George, the capital of Northern British Columbia. And today we have an amazing guest, Marietta O'Dine. Marietta, welcome to the show. Hi John, thanks for having me. So we've been together for a long time, right? For quite a number of years that we have been supporting you. We've done uh, a number of sponsoring you. And there is something amazing about you since the last time I met you. Because the last time we talked, it was before the Olympics and you went to the Olympics. And not only did you go to the Olympic, you came back with two bronze medals. Amazing. Yes. And so we will be talking about that quite a bit. And, uh, you know, and now we have you back at Prince George. And uh, it, it, it is, uh, you know, such, we obviously have been watching you all along and, and, and cheering for you along the way. And, uh, but uh, to bring those medals to Prince George, after all the hard work that you put into it, and we'll talk about that a little bit as well. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Oh, I would say my background includes many things out here. You know, I grew up just BMXing with my family. I've always been passionate yeah, in for- George? Yeah, yeah, of course, in Prince George. Yeah. Um, you know, I love the mountain biking scene. I've been very lucky to always have biking be part of my one of extreme summer sports. Yeah. And uh, of course I started snowboarding at a really young age. I went to school here at DP Todd and I did the Northern Sports School program. And honestly, I credit so much of my knowledge to those because um, it was just a different level of support going through school to help with the athletics and those types of things. So, so you were really into sport from a young age, right? Oh yeah, very much. You couldn't, couldn't <clears throat> keep me away from them. I wanted to try everything from volleyball, gymnastics. Um, I loved it all. I wanted to just get my hands in on everything before I found uh, so, snowboard cross. And then you started BMX and you were competitive in that as well. And you did quite well, right? Yeah, I actually started BMXing when I was around three years old. Wow. Um, yeah, and so it was just, I was around and in it until I was about 13, 14. Just for the, for the benefit of our guests, yeah. because we have some international guests watching as well. What exactly is BMX uh, again? Uh, the bicycle racing, the... Uh, I don't honestly, I wouldn't say I know what the BMX stands for. No, no, uh, <laughs> but, but it is biking in rough terrain yeah, and with, challenging it terrain. It basically has the, the uh, rollers and berms and you're on a flat track uh, made by dirt and you're with um, quite a few other people. And so snowboard cross is actually pretty relatable to that sport on yeah. snowboards. Yeah, and, and so, so you competed then already as well throughout Canada and and also internationally uh, down in the States? No, no, no. I no, was just a uh, young, did some, yeah. you know, BC tours. I think I did a few nationals um, when I was younger, but yeah. nothing too, too crazy with it. No. It was very much for fun when we were younger. So, so how did you get into, where did you go from there? From um, BMXing, you were young and then got into the sport and yeah. then... Yeah, uh, I wanted to try a few different sports, have a little bit of a, a normal kid life for a little bit. So I took some, took some time off from the BMXing and I really became passionate about snowboarding and skiing. And I, when I first started learning, I was juggling the two um, around 12. And so once I really picked up on the snowboarding, I wanted to do it full time and not do both of the skiing and the snowboarding. And the, the BMXing kind of got left behind from... But, but it was good training and it kept you very, very fit and ready for the next step, right? Yeah, very much so. We were a very uh, active family from a young age. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, even if we didn't continue with sports, it was always important to us to have, have you got sports siblings? in our yeah, lives. Yeah. I had, uh, yeah, I have two brothers. One of them passed away. Yeah, and that, uh, that was very unfortunate, right? That mm -hmm. uh, happened in 2020. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah. You know, so the, uh, so, so you went from PM, uh, uh, the biking mm -hmm. to uh, snowboarding, snowboarding cross. Yeah, snowboard cross is the So sport. I know about snow, snow, uh, 
boarding mm -hmm. on the road, then snowboarding, and then it goes to another level that is cross. Yeah, there's actually, there's tons of snowboarding uh, okay. disciplines. So we have half pipe, uh, slalom, and slope style. And then of course, border cross. Are they, are they all part of the Olympics? Yep. All those, yep, those. all of those sports are uh, Olympic <clears throat> sports. Um, is that where you go like down, down and arm and around and, and back? Is that what you were doing? No, no. Oh. Well, I don't do any spins or anything. Right. I do the racing, the four, um, either four or six, but we recently had six people be taking out. So we don't do six person heats anymore. It used to be uh, the Olympic standard was six people, but now we just have all of our World Cups are four-person heats. So four persons that go downhill. Down the course, yeah. And so we have a start section, which is normally supposed to be more technical, a little bit more challenging to get speed on. And then as you go down, there's berms, jumps, rollers, things to try and mess you up and right. make you go faster and try and slow you down too. How fast do you go? Anywhere, the courses really vary speed. Sometimes we can get going around 70 kilometers. Oh my God. And uh, sometimes the courses are really slow around, you know, 35, 40 is the slowest the that we want to be going. Challenging the yard, the slower they get, is that kind of... Um, no, definitely, I don't <clears throat> think so. It's, it's kind of hard to explain because sometimes courses are easier when they're really easy when they're steep and they're really fast and they're really easy to carry speed down yeah um unlike like a if a flat course is low and slow then if you make a small mistake then you're really giving up time for other people to be quicker because a mistake up here isn't necessarily going to make you faster lower down on the course right so you started already snowboarding really and when you were 16, 17, or before that? I was, I was 12 when I started snowboarding, and I was, I was skiing for my whole childhood before that, but I was, yeah, yeah. I was 12 when I started snowboarding. And, and at what point would you start competing here? Um, I was 15 when, oh, I would say I was actually 14 when we had the RBC Riders team, and we had a team called the Anti-Gravity Crew out at Tabor Mountain. Yeah. And so that was just a group of young kids. We didn't have any type of snowboarding team really up no. in northern BC. But relatively new here, right? Um, in northern BC? In a structured it was, manner. It was definitely in a structured manner for sure. It was, you know, volunteer hours, ma and pa type of thing yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with the team. It was, it was amazing and it gave a lot of kids, you know, an opportunity to get together. And RBC Riders was putting on lots of events in here yeah. and Powder King and Smithers. And so we were able to have like a really, a really small intro to you being had in a, a snowboard club. You have a very supportive family, right? Mm -hmm. I remember yeah. your mom and, you know, and, but, uh, you know, your, fam your whole family was very, very supportive. Of course. And, you know, it's, it's very lucky, I feel, to have... Um, parents that not only wanted the best for me, but they saw in the whole of what their actions, you know, could be doing for the community. They're not only wanting this for opportunity for their kids, but they no. see the the whole picture that it can bring for other kids in the future as well. An inspiration, right? Of course. I mean, you know, from the few years that we had this small team in Northern BC, of just a handful of teenagers to now, you know, quite a number of us on the World Cup tour and on professional teams. It's from from something so small for a handful of years, we really were able to show what things like that do. So so when is the first time you competed? I think you went to the Olympics and uh, were ready to go to the Olympics in 2017. 2018, 18, yeah, sorry. yeah. And and then, but before that, already you were competing in the World Championships mm -hmm. and had placed very very high and even. Did you win in your category? But you placed very high, right? No, in in world championships, I I haven't quite had the luck of podiuming yet. Of course, they're very tense, um, very intense competitions. Uh, junior world championships uh, would have been before the Olympics. Yeah. And I would say my last one I placed fourth at. Yeah. Um, the year before that, yeah, was when the year uh, junior world championships in 2017. That year I was still doing 
2017, I was still doing North American Cups. Um, and then once I got on the national team, yes, the Olympics were the, were the main aim for 20, 2018. Yeah, I remember that we talked to you, uh, you know, I forget now, it was 2017, probably before the Olympics of 2018. Mm -hmm. And then after that, obviously, it, uh, uh, you got injured then, right? At, uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, well, on the morning of finals, yeah, I uh, unfortunately caught a caught some wind on a jump, and I got pretty twisted in the air. And once I landed, I was very twisted, and so I did a couple couple tomahawks down the landing, and I ended up with a pretty serious concussion. I had amnesia. I wasn't too sure what was what was going on around me, and even though um, once the time came around i was feeling a little bit a little bit better but i was still recalling incorrect facts so unfortunately i wasn't able to compete um and that was definitely sad i didn't, i didn't have like too high of goals for myself going there with it being my first olympics of course even though i wanted to do well and oh, sure. hoped i could have done well but no i think it was there was a lot of lessons learned from those Olympics and gave you amazing experiences. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. You know, your first Olympics are, I think, a good experience no matter yeah. what. Even though I walked away with a couple black eyes, I still, yeah. you know, I had a great time there while I could. And of Where course, was that again? Was it in Korea? Where was it? Yeah. Yeah. What was the city again? Uh, Seoul. Seoul. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where the... Or the Pyeongchang, yeah, yeah, Olympics or what they were called. But the main city, I'm pretty sure, was Seoul. So after that, you came back and started recovering first mm -hmm. and then training again for the next Olympics. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. so every year we pretty much have our World Cup tour. The calendar <clears> gets <throat> released around this time, generally anywhere from... Sometimes it can be six World Cups. Overall, some get canceled, some get postponed due to snow, unfortunately. We had issues with COVID and volunteers and things like that. So some of the years took a bit more of a dip on the numbers. But yeah, pretty much after that, I uh, got right back on the horse as soon as I could. And the symptoms were all managed. And I knew it was safe to start pushing, really yeah. pushing myself physically, of course, get right back into it and try and become a better athlete for the next year. Yeah. So, so when did you start training in earnest for 22? Um, I would say that's definitely a hard question. I know our goals are always folks focused on for sure being like in a, in a prime spot for the Olympics. Yeah. But every year I would say we're definitely pushing ourselves harder and harder for the next season. So it's kind of hard to measure a lot more just for the Olympics because every year we are giving it our 100% to be exactly what we want it, to be it for the next season. It was on your mind though as, as a goal and objective. Of right? course, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the year before last year, I didn't, I didn't have a great season. It was a pretty rough season with uh, results and with the coaches. And so I, I made a switch. I switched off of the national team onto the BC team. And so after the year that I had, I wasn't honestly too sure what to expect out of myself for the next season. Right. I knew that I wasn't done competing and I knew that I wasn't over my career whatsoever. I just right. knew that I needed a, a more positive environment change and yeah. the coach that I knew I could work with really well and really could see myself achieving my goals with. Um, Very important. So, yeah, of course, I started as soon as the summer came and I had made that decision. I started to work to become, you know, the happiest self and the best version that I could offer this team. And really... Was that COVID then at the same time? Uh, sure. Yeah, definitely, yeah. for sure. It, could, yeah. it was only, um, yeah, this past season when I switched... And so it, you kick into high gear, of course, the summer of the Olympics, like the summer going into the Olympics, you really kick things into, into high gear, even though you think, you know, you are in high gear 100% of the time for every other season. Yeah. There's, there's definitely something about the summer before that, that just gives you a little bit extra to be doing a little bit more. 
How many people would be selected for your sport to go to the Olympic? Uh, it's maximum for your team. For my team, it's maximum four women. For yeah, uh, and of those, four are competing or. Yeah, yeah, so it really it depends on a lot of things. It depends on how many how many spots we earned from yeah. the World Cup circuit. Okay, that's where it comes from, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and so you know we could be unfortunate and not have great results for quite a while, and Canada only gets two spots to yeah. be how able many to send two women. Have? We've been able to earn all four spots. Yeah, so there was a benefit, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So we had all four women go, and then we had three spots earned for the men. So three men went. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, you know the other thing that you did is you won the one bronze in the single, mm -hmm. and then the other one in doubles with another one of your Canadian friends. I forgot the name. Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was great. It was our, our first team event. It was, well, not our first team event. It was the first Olympic team event. And uh, me and Elliot have done quite a few team events before. Uh, unfortunately, our one that we had the, less bas uh, the less, last best shot at was uh, World Championships. And unfortunately, I, I uh, took myself out at World Championships. So the next opportunity, I really... Um, we really got to prove ourselves was at the Olympics and it was right. it was I'm so happy that I was able to stay on my feet for him yeah. <laughs> even though I felt <laughs> we had some combat in the uh, the last round I was I was really happy that I was able to to be able to get up and come back with a medal for him my god now the, the name of the uh, is the, the doubles is that we call it, it's the team event. Yeah, the okay. mixed team event. We used to have it where it was uh, male, female, or it, yeah. So yeah. now it is male to female. But when it was originally introduced to the World Cup tour, we had it two females. Yeah. So there was there was a male category and a female category of yeah. of the team event. Yeah. And that was really fun. It did take a fairly long time, and it's it's. It's such a fun event. It definitely takes a lot less time because we don't have the, the time trials and a lot yeah. less people and yeah. a lot less heats as well. So it's, it's so much fun. Even though it's as serious as the individual event, it feels, a lot of people feel like there's less pressure, but I feel more pressure definitely during the team event because I don't want to let my teammate down. But also I feel like it's so much fun because not only are you living through their race, they're also going to be living through your race. So yeah, there's no, a really no fu a fun shared environment on those days. And, and the way it is done is individually then as, as uh, uh, the two together, you race together or how does that work? So it's the men go first. And yeah. so that starts off in basically the original border cross format it's riders ready attention and the gate drops within five seconds and so they have a regular gate start they go down do their race cross the finish line and we wear these transponders on our ankles so when the guys cross the finish line you can see and there's splits down the course so you can see who's in first second third and okay. how far apart and so it's pretty much like a relay. Yeah, so yeah. when the guy crosses the finish line, all of their times are tracked. And then that gets relayed. The start gets reset. And then it'll be, it goes riders ready attention. And then the gate will drop in the order of how the boys crossed the okay. finish line before you. And so there can be, you know, half a second, point one of a second, or it's a maximum of four seconds pretty much i would yeah. say that the gate will drop afterwards quite, so quite a challenge you're either you're either racing right beside somebody or you're being chased or you have to chase them down and it's it's a lot of fun yeah and uh you know so uh so was that the first time that uh the the uh, canadians won medals in the uh snowcross uh, no, definitely not. Um, we have Mayel won gold in Vancouver 2012. Okay. And, oh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Dominique won silver 
in Sochi. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we are well established then as a, a, a competitor on the world in the Olympic uh, team. Yeah. So where do you go from here? From here, um, really I'm trying to get the, the new life in order and get this summer, summer schedule down. Uh, training started off already. I just had fitness testing this past weekend. Okay. And so I'll be home training for a while, doing <clears throat> some work. And we have some camps in Sun Peaks. And then before we go to South America in August. And then there'll be a few. South America in yes, August. Yes, yeah. How long? Um, it'll probably around 10 days, two <laughs> weeks. It'll be a shorter trip. I brought some snowboards home to try because I finally, uh, finally need to get some new snowboards. I've been on them a lot longer than I would say a, a normal female would or male really the men go through their boards a lot quicker than the women do but i've definitely had these boards for a long time and they're a little bit smaller than what most of the other women are riding but i've i've been so passionate about these boards and i've had so much fun on them for the past years uh, i'm excited to try some new ones so i'll i'll be bringing two very different cut snowboards down to south america where are they made they're made in where is oxus from they're Swiss snowboards. And so Oxus is pretty much just a, a small shop out of there. And Marcel is the main man. And he in Canada? Or? No, 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 in, in Switzerland. Okay. And they just make them pretty much custom order. They have a few yeah. that they are just already all mocked up, but everything they make is generally to custom order. Yeah. The, uh, and, and so where do you go in South America? Uh, lots of places. We had a World Cup in Ushuaia once. That was a great time. We generally end up going, we land in Santiago. Sometimes we'll be up at El Colorado. We go down to Pucon, which is a really fun little town. I absolutely love it there. It's one of my favorite places to go. Um, yeah, we do a lot of, I would they definitely say you. a lot of driving around. Yeah, they definitely do. We've been going. We've been going to lots of those places for quite a few years. And once you find when you find somewhere that definitely works, you generally stay in contact with those uh, with the companies and the camps that they put on because um, it's nice to go back to things that are familiar yeah. and that have worked in the past too. Makes so. sense, right? Mm -hmm. So, do you go to Europe as well to compete? Yeah, actually, I. It was, I was gone for six months over this past season. It was almost five and a half months before I came home. We were away for wow. Christmas and everything. It was, it was kind of this year, the reason why we did that, because it's kind of been logistical nightmares traveling with COVID. It was like yeah, somewhere around $4,000 were spent right? on just COVID tests. Yeah. It was, it was insane for traveling and for the world cups. It was, it uh, just became so much to handle that it was just cheaper to basically live in Europe than it was to get COVID tests and fly back and forth. Do you get any support from government or? Yeah, we do get the government funding. It all right. depends on how you're performing, of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we do get assistance. But as a bronze yeah. and a medal one from the Olympics, that it will help you, right? It will definitely be helping me in the future, yeah. for sure. Because your family has carried a lot of the costs, right? Um, not, I wouldn't say no, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, because I've done a lot of the work myself. My mother helps me with a lot of the... Uh, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Um, the fundraising, yeah. really, on the, that aspect side of things. So she's been helping me put on events and... You know, I did the hoodies last year and she's been just a huge help with, you know, making sure that those shipments were going out and yeah. help me do the website and things like that yeah, with yeah. her. So she's definitely um, a big part on the, the organizing things to help the money come in to support the season. But right. um, yeah, no, I, I started a landscaping company and I worked six, I six days a week for a few years. So it's definitely, and of course, you know, going out, sponsor hunting, things like that, those take, those take a lot of time and work. And so it's, it's definitely, um, it feels nice to be able to, <clears throat> to put in that much work with my family and my friends and yeah. have it be a 
community involvement really and and yeah. be able to show like what I've what I've done with it's you amazing. know that support it's yeah. it's great it feels great really to be yeah. able to actually you know really show for it even cool. though people that's not necessarily what they're looking for when they're sponsoring a young local athlete but yeah. it, it definitely it, it feels good yeah to hopefully you know inspire them to come to future events fundraising events or even younger athletes that are having a bit of a community event that they're not uh, yeah too well known yeah i think we've been there for you for the last uh, four years or so mm -hmm. you know you so we, i was looking at some pictures of uh, us standing together in uh, you know the when you were fundraising and i think it must have been in 2017 or so mm -hmm. you know so uh, five years ago yeah and uh, you know so uh, so there's a lot of cost involved and uh, and obviously you're actively fundraising as we speak yeah yeah the hoodies are still the hoodies are still selling in the jackets and um i'll be doing i'd like to do another uh style of like comedy event dinner that wasn't really able to be done lately with all the covid and things like that lifting lifting now it's looking like hopefully um our numbers will stay good and we'll be able to do something like that again. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is probably sitting here talking about fundraising. <laughs> we'll have uh, a check for $3,000 for you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> thank you so much. That so, I, That's a lot. Oh yeah. man. Thank, thank you, you so much. That yeah. makes me so we'll happy. Give you a big hug before yes. the cameras. Uh, of course. The, the things off, you know, thank so you. obviously we'll be proud of being part of your team and you're part of our team and, uh, you know, so, and we want to be there for you, you know. Yeah. So, that then being said, now we go forward and you're getting ready for the next step. So, you were in uh, uh, Beijing. What is the next Olympics? The next, the next Olympics is Cortina in Italy. That's where the next Winter Olympics will be. Have you been be. there? I have been. We had a yeah. we had a World Cup in Cortina this year, actually. So we got a bit of a taste of beautiful area. The ski hill. It is there. a gorgeous area, definitely. Yeah. It's a nice, <clears throat> awesome little town. It's. I'm very excited to see what will happen. Of course, the Italians have a very, um, very passionate crowd and very passionate athletes and yeah. successful athletes as yeah. well. Yeah. So I can imagine it's it's going to be a very insane event. The course that they had there was really fast and really crazy and so i'm i'm really excited to see at at how that course is going to evolve over the next few years yeah going into the olympics so they are already getting ready for it right so they uh, because the lead time four years not a long time no definitely not and definitely not um to uh, right? build the olympic size course for sure there's there's a All lot the of infrastructure things. around it. Yeah, the infrastructure for sure that takes a lot of time. I mean, mostly things like the dirt work, opening, you know, falling trees, fixing slopes and things like that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's obviously a very high standard that they're they're looking for for fairness and things like that at yeah. the Olympics. What did you think about China? Because this was just in the middle, still. Mm -hmm. Not quite, maybe, but but still very much in the COVID period. Yeah. How how did that all kind of? Honestly, it was. I feel like traveling and being in our Olympic bubble. It's it's generally a completely different world than yeah. I feel like normal life. So yeah. we're we're able to. I feel like we were able to move. I wouldn't say so much easier, but it was comfortable because. You know, the airport wasn't undergoing any other operations other than bringing in Olympic athletes, yeah. making sure everything's sterilized, we're getting the proper testing, things like that. Um, so we arrived, we would get our tests. We had to wait at the airport until we got our tests and then yeah. we got on a bus. And then it was like a four and a bit hour bus ride to our village up at the mountains. And then we had just a mouth swab testing every morning, and so every day, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, so the testing on the mouth, or did you have to go your nose, or the testing? But I think I'm pretty sure it was just the mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they did that every day, and then yeah. from there on in, the the it must have been a, a different setting because there were virtually no audience. No. 
Not really. Um, no, pretty much not. There was a, a small amount, um, which pretty much just looked like to be volunteers and other athletes just yeah. standing in the athlete area. But it was for sure a lot of a different scene than than previously and than what you would expect at the Olympics for sure. But honestly, it was still, I had I had an amazing time there. It, it was just, it was a great Olympic athlete village. It was yeah. clean. There was just volunteers working you know, constantly they had, they had everything that we needed really. And it, it was, yeah. they did a great job with it. How for many sure. people in the Canadian team, were they all together in, in one area? No. So this was the same way in, um, Pyeongchang, sorry. We, uh, there's basically a group of athletes that are in the city and that's, yeah basically a city village and the group of athletes that's the mountain village so yeah. our village was all the skiing biathlon snowboarding events yeah. anything that basically had to do with skiing or snowboarding we were basically all on the different side of the map than yeah. the bobsledding the speed skating and all things like that so unfortunately we were a little bit separated like that but we did have, um, we do have like the Canada House. I'm not too sure actually how many athletes are yeah. on the Canadian team. Like as of total in all the sports, I, I, it's a lot. And generally, I feel like we normally have one of the higher numbers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's a really really familiar place, and it's really cool when we all get to, you know, sit hang out in the Canada House together. Yeah. Because we never really get opportunities to no. do stuff like that. Yeah, and especially. Uh, in a setting where there is no audience, really, uh, and uh, to have that interaction is still very, very important, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It, it definitely makes for a different type of energy on those competition days. Right. So, uh, so what's next, uh, Marietta? Are you, uh, what is the next thing that you're going to be doing? I would say... Oh, there's lots going on constantly. Yeah. The next, I would say the next big things are um, for sure the South America camp. That's going to be really fun and exciting to get some new boards on the yeah. go and get some ideas going that way. And so the main focus throughout this summer and this goal is uh, focusing on world championships coming up next year. So when, when are those? World championships will be in... Ooh, January, I believe. In where? Georgia. Georgia. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it, I had a lot of fun there last time. It was yeah. it was definitely interesting, but the weather was amazing and the ski hill was super fun, and it was a very different experience. So it's been, it's funny listening to people's reactions sometimes because the uh, they're like Georgia, why are you going snowboarding all the way over in Georgia? And we're like they're having a world cup and it's it's amazing exactly. the experiences that we get to and experience different cultures just from being a snowboarder you know yeah. even though we are athletes that's yeah. ge that's generally like where our minds come from is we're just like this is exactly. this is awesome that we're getting to do these things through yeah. through snowboarding yeah and you're getting to know a lot of the other competitors i presume from different places of the world mm -hmm. especially once you come out of the olympics and uh, somehow you become close and closer right of course yeah. oh yeah i mean <clears throat> your your family on the world cup tour you're spending so much time with them every single year and not only are you spending a whole bunch of time with them you're watching them grow as you're you're growing as well and sometimes they're closer competition and sometimes they're a little bit further and it's you definitely build a a close relationship with these people some are just competitors and I would say everyone of course as in life everyone has their close people and everyone yeah. has a bit of a competitor for sure well yeah you know because that's what it is all about yeah right? so the uh, so are they uh, is there still a very active snowboarding community here in Prince George now or in northern BC I would say definitely yeah, yeah. unfortunately I think COVID took some some heavy tolls on the mountains and I don't this year, I know we had a lot more snow towards the end of the season, but yeah. it seems like those things are uh, are we're suffering <coughs> a little bit 
through through COVID and our winters warming up. But I definitely believe that yeah, we're we're an extremely passionate outdoors snowboard and ski community and yeah. sledding as well. Yeah, and then uh, you know the uh, and then in Canada the uh, you know as as uh, are the Canadian championships and all of those things too, or are the mainly uh, the world ones that are where all the competing takes place of the yeah we level. have we have so last year there was no North American tour due to COVID yeah and so that um, even though it doesn't affect me I saw the effects of it very heavily because yeah. from the following year you don't have there is a lot of people that didn't come back that programs were failing from not being able to go to the competitions yeah. and you know unfortunately all the restrictions that covid had of course they they were had on you know kids careers as too exactly um so it was it was sad to see that because now you look at on the developing side of things if you have that taken away for a whole year and communities like ours not being able to host events and and exactly. the interest really uh can really dissipate quickly from things like that happening. Yeah. And so <clears throat> hopefully over the next few years, we'll be able to get it up to, you know, the same level of competition and athletes that was once on the North American tour, because those are our main, our feeders into, into the world cup tour and onto the, the next generations of the Canadian national team. And we saw we saw here how much it, it helped, our, our little snowboarders in northern BC and Prince George from just being able to have all those steps at the right time, really. And so I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to get back there at some point to show the interest. You see, you being here, uh, sitting with me here, podcasting, downtown Prince George, did you bring your medals? I didn't. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm oh, so sorry. I no. thought I thought I was supposed to, and I got a little bit busy. I forgot. Honestly, I haven't looked okay. at them in no, quite no a worries. while. They're they're actually sitting at my mom's house. No worries. <laughs> uh, maybe we can lend them for the next time we have a, a podcast. Then oh, we'll bring you back again. You know. Uh, you know, in the next six months or so. Mm -hmm. You know. So. So the other thing that I, the point that I was going to make, and that's why I thought uh, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, obviously, but but to think for those people that are watching, you know the uh, you know far and wide, uh, you know we have a lot of people are uh, uh, watching these podcasts, uh, probably twenty, thirty thousand people, and they are podcasted all around uh, BC and beyond. And obviously, people online are, are tapping in as well. Mm -hmm. It gives them inspiration to see somebody like you, who was a medalist in an Olympic Games in Beijing, China. That's that's like just today, you know. That uh, uh, and and sitting here and talking about it, the message that that generates from it. But if you work hard enough. Everything is possible. Of course. And if you are committed, no matter where you live, who you are, and, and what you think you can or cannot do, people like you are an inspiration. And that's why it is so important for us to have you here talking about it. And then also an example, uh, I was quite involved in, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in the gym for about 10 years and then competed in bodybuilding and mm -hmm. uh, in physique and uh, then became the regional second place bodybuilding third in physique then uh, you know in the provincial second in physique third in bodybuilding and then competed nationally and and could complete on the Arnold's and and the reason that is not at your level but the reason <laughs> that I'm saying it's still that, a lot it's still a very good career for and, it. And, and then the other part about it uh, is that Everybody that was there, the 200 athletes or so in Vancouver that were competing for the provincials, and then next the 200, 300 athletes in, uh, in Montreal that year, and then the Arnolds, where thousands of athletes competing in all these different uh, sports in Ohio, every single one of them belonged there. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that meant they had made major, major, major commitments in terms of A, training to get to that level, and then secondly, to be in shape for the competition, which meant diet and all the things that you do so you are mentally ready and physically ready because you have to be totally, totally ready because this is competing at the highest level what you do in particular, but also the other athletes that for years and years and years have trained to get to a certain level. And you can't do it alone. You have to have a team around you mm -hmm. and you have to have this, the, this support. And, uh, you know, and, and especially if I look at the Prince George region and we do an athlete of the month, as you know, have already done that for years. And we find these unique athletes, you're one of them, obviously, uh, you know, that uh, long before, although we know you were trying to get ready for the Olympics and then uh, things went sideways a little bit, but you didn't <laughs> go up, you went back again, and you came back with two, two medals. Everything is possible. And, and if nothing else, and, and if I tell my little story about this old guy competing, I'm back in the gym now, COVID upset the thing. And once you get out of the routine, it's, and that's the point that you were making earlier, once you get out of the routine, to get back into it is difficult. So about uh, three months ago, I started going back to the gym in earnest because I want to be competing again for the Arnolds and, uh, uh, in uh, 2023, you know, so and then I'm 83, which makes me by far the oldest competitive athlete uh, in the province, I believe. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's quite the feat. But everything is possible. Yeah. That's the point. And that for those that excel and, and uh, far beyond that in terms of, uh, you know, where, what you have accomplished, it takes a lot of money and, and a lot, uh, you know, to... to not only get that, but uh, to stay there. And, uh, you know, and what we are trying to do is find those athletes that, n not as Olympians, but ones that are working so hard as they kind of go up the ladder of whatever sport it may be, mm -hmm. to, to inspire them, help them where we can, give them exposure. And, uh, you know, and what is important in your particular case, I believe, as you actively doing fundraising and all the other things that are, uh, you know, we should talk about that a little bit. So you're fundraising right now. Obviously, we have stepped in again. This year, we challenge all our guests that are watching. Uh, you know, Marietta has, is an Olympian that, that again uh, is getting ready for uh, the next challenge being in Italy uh, in uh, 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 2026 mm -hmm. and and uh, you know and, and obviously it takes a lot of money and this is the opportunity to step up to the plate and and help making sure that uh, you know that she has the liquidity and the, and the funds uh, you know that uh, are available she be knocking on other people's doors uh, I want to challenge uh, you know my uh, fellow uh, business people, uh, not only in the lumber industry, but in the real estate and all the other things that we do in Northern British Columbia, but throughout British Columbia, to support those athletes that, uh, you know, that are, uh, you know, putting so much effort in uh, to reach that point and uh, that, uh, you know, that if you stand there, uh, you know, with your medals, you represent everybody. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, for sure. I, I think like a big point that a lot of people um, can sometimes miss is though, even though, you know, I was able to go to the Olympics in 2018, that kind of brings, you know, that team, it brings that Team Canada title with it. And people yeah. think, you know, once there is that title, then you have kind of all the money flowing and all your all your flights and travel expenses and things like that are covered. Like, oh, you've made it. Like, it's done, right? You're you're professional now. And really, it's it's so far from being that simple, unfortunately. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're constantly winning events, and yeah. those are the Olympic athletes that that uh, you know yeah. aren't necessarily reaching out for the few and far for the between. Smaller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so those can definitely like shy away um, smaller and bigger companies because there's, there's a bit of, 
uh, I wouldn't say so much of a stigmatism, but just like an unknowingness of behind how much support the athletes actually get. And it really comes down to just, you know, giving the athlete a chance to be like, this is, this is how much this season actually costs. And, um, having those face-to-face connections to, you know, genuinely asking those questions if they, if they ask you to come in or have a chat with them about it, I would say, I would say, give, give them the time to exactly. share their story because you'd yeah. be surprised. <clears throat> so and we want to do that on my podcast, you know, so that we are uh, challenging others, uh, you know, that uh, c- certainly I'm sure we will have a, because we will make sure that a lot of people will know it, uh, uh, you know, and, and it will be seen across the province. And, uh, you know, so tell us a little bit more about uh, those people that want to help and donate to your, uh, you know, fundraising. And uh, so, uh, so how can they do that? Or how can they look something up or go online or do... Uh, so you have my website is just my name, Marietta.com. So Marietta, maybe just spell it just to make it. Yeah, uh, M-E-R-Y-E-T-A.com. Dot com. Okay. Super easy. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say my name is the easiest to spell, but. Right. Uh, yeah. And pretty much all of the, the handles. And if I'm ever doing, you know, new hoodie releases, new fundraisers, hoodie, an event. Talk about the hoodie releases. That, that again is something that you produce yes and and it is sold and is that on your website so that people can see it it is fully run through my website um it's pretty much just done by what we have in stock now Um, and does it have an emblem on it of some sort it does yeah so it has it has a small maple leaf logo with my signature through it which is my logo my athlete logo yeah and then on the back of the hoodies there's two different types of hoodies and then there's a male and female jacket and I spent the summer designing something that I really I really wanted to enjoy to look at but also something that really captured the essence of home to me and so I did I spent a while on a piece um, that had mountains a paddler that would go out fishing with a waterfall yeah and so it captures basically Mm. To me, it captures the essence of like summer and winter in northern BC. Beautiful, and and how uh, they are the pictures on your website? Yeah, yeah. And then, what's the cost of them? They were oh my, I haven't looked in a while. Actually, okay. I believe they were sixty dollars. Okay, not outrageous, but no. uh, it goes. They're great quality. You. We got them sourced from locally in Prince George so how much better can you get business helping businesses really I mean that's where that's what I try to do and and that's so appropriate now the other thing that you have is what else jackets you said yeah so tell us about that uh those are basically fully um not totally insulated like a puffy but they're nice and warm they're basically in all weather you can work in them you can run okay. in them i have is your name on it somewhere or? they're they are the same as the hoodies so they'll have the print right above the chest basically they have a okay. small logo and then they have the print on the back okay and then the prints are done in either gray or in white and they're made locally choose. yep amazing eh? same yeah yeah so the uh they are available and uh mm-hmm. You know, on the and, website, and, yeah. And if they get a lot of people calling for them, then we'll make more of them. That yes, kind of a thing. Of course. Yeah. And they should definitely be keeping their eyes out for more to come for the season. New new additions. Yeah, because uh, you know you're now well on the way to 2026. In mm-hmm. the meantime, there will be a lot of cost, and uh, you know, and after you step up to the plate and uh, brought two uh, uh, bronze medals to Prince George. Yeah. So uh, now it's an opportunity for all these other people that want to be supportive. Don't know always necessarily how, Mm -hmm. but we want to make sure that they can understand what they can do to help and why it is so important that, yeah, government is part of it, but there's a huge amount of cost that have to come from other sources. Of course, yeah. Absolutely, really. And especially, you know, last year, I, I knew I definitely was taking um, 
my own risks that I was well aware of with leaving the national team to a private thing. And one of those things that comes with is, is the cost of paying for the private coach and the private coaching and um, those types of travel expenses too, because on the national team, obviously, all, yes, all of those things are funded. Of course, you get yeah. your, the coach's yeah. salary and all of their but travel costs, more. of course. Yeah. You know, and then, how about the boards, the the skateboards that you, that you <laughs> the snowboards? Snow, yeah, sorry, snowboards. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, all right. They're they're definitely expensive. Oxus is one of the more expensive ones. Um, but you have to have the right equipment, right? Yes, and I'm I I absolutely love them. So how, I'm how definitely. Much are they? They're around eleven hundred Canadian. Yes. They're about so like you got how many have you got now? Or? I have six right now, yeah. and that took. That took quite a few years to compile that amount. Yeah. Um, and generally, we are traveling with four, maybe five. Some people have more, the, the different types of bases they have. And sometimes the techs like to prep a whole bunch of different waxes to see, you know, how they'll run yeah, during yeah. the day. And so, and when they do produce the boards you know there's definitely some that end up faster than the others so sometimes people will order an extra one so that they'll do testing and generally the slowest board they'll put as a board that uh you know they're doing they're using more often that can get a little bit more beat up in training and uh will still be you know exactly the same but milliseconds faster and so that's, that's what counts. That makes the champion, right? Oh, it makes a huge, huge, huge difference. I mean, I see it myself on, you know, we have such a, a fine line of mistake in our sport, for sure. Yeah. And things like snow prep and what the, the wax that we have in our bases, as well as the top coats that the wax techs are doing. And so if you have a board that, you know, doesn't really matter what you put on it is isn't going to be going fast that's that's a huge difference between you know you never making it into top 16 and you only getting fourth and then you getting on the podium consistently there's a lot of def a lot of things that come into play that that make the winners winners so we want to buy you uh, your next board yes as well yeah so Early. in addition to the donation yeah Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. I don't have them ordered yet. I don't even know which no. one I want so yet. So you let us know awesome. when, uh, so we'll buy your board. We want okay. to again challenge, uh, you know, the people that have been watching this, you know, so uh, to help uh, step up to the plate. It's an opportunity to uh, uh, showcase that, uh, you know, you are being supportive of athletes that give it all. And, and inspires others. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know. Thank you. Thank you for being my guest. Of course. Well, thank you very much. <laughs>